Hi and welcome to a Better World at Food podcast. I am your host Marike Teunissen and in this five-part series I explore the latest projects on sustainability at VU Amsterdam. This podcast series is part of a Better World at VU project, which was launched in the summer of 2021. The main goal is to show projects that contribute to a more sustainable world, both near and far from VU Amsterdam. Projects that inspire, inform and motivate others that provoke thought and actions, projects that make a real difference. I've spoken to students and scholars who are shaping a sustainable future for you and me today. Episode 5, a response to climate change based on hope. In this final episode, I talked to Jan-Jorrit Hasselaar, economist and theologian at the Faculty of Religion and Theology here at VU Amsterdam. Views on climate change are often either pessimistic or optimistic. But that's not constructive, Hasselaar argues. There is a third way to deal with radical uncertainty in the context of climate change. And that's the one of hope. Stay tuned to find out more. So welcome Jan Jorrit. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to be here today. Thank you for having me in the podcast. Yeah, so uh, we've spoken before, right, on the phone. Um, uh, so I know you stutter a bit. Uh, before we dive into our conversation, can you share something about that with our listeners? Yes, thank you for raising that topic. Um, I'm stuttering already since I was a little child, so I'm very good at it. <laughs> um, <coughs> You can't see it, but if there is some uh, silence in the conversation, mm. maybe it's because I'm in a stutter. Mm-hmm. Um, normally it goes quite well, uh, but just to um, mm. give it a place in this conversation. Uh, tell me, in a nutshell, what does your project entail? Yes, thank you very much. Um, at the f- Faculty of Religion and Theology, we have a HOPE project. Mm. Um, and that's also one of the seed money projects of the Amsterdam Sustainability Institute. We did it in the agricultural transition, but we did it also at a secondary school. Um, but we do it at several places and with several uh, parties. Um, and we develop the narrative and practices of hope, mm-hmm. especially in times of climate change. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that climate change is often associated with the narrative of fear mm. or apocalypse. So the end of times is near. Mm. Um, or the other alternative is that people use a narrative of optimism. Uh, so in the end, it will be fine and, mm. and the technology will save us. Mm. And it was this the sociologist, the Polish sociologist Sigmund Bauman, who said, "Well, actually, there is an alternative to pessimism and to optimism, and that's developing a narrative of hope." Um, so that's why we took the initiative uh, together with our colleagues from the Athena Institute uh, and also together with the uh, Amsterdam Sustainability Institute. Um, to start create a narrative of hope um, on several projects um, within our center and within Vrijnestijd. So you're saying at the moment we 
we mostly hear two narratives, uh, which is uh, or pessimism, like the up, up, uh, the apocalypse is near and uh, we're all going to die, or optimism, uh, technology will save us. But you're saying there's a third one, the one of hope, right? Is that is that uh, correct? Yeah, that's a short summary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and hope in our daily language is often used in the sense, well, I hope that tomorrow the sun yeah. will shine. <laughs> so it's a half fearful mm-hmm. expectation uh, of I hope that my train will be on time. Mm-hmm. Um, but given the, the the traditions, the wisdom traditions theologians are working with, that's quite a superficial understanding of hope. Mm. And the wisdom traditions um, highlight also alternative concepts of hope, which um, might help us to change the narratives we are working from, uh, well, in this case, uh, regarding climate change. Um, So it are these old traditions uh, who challenges to be reinvented in every time and mm. context uh, afresh mm-hmm. and creatively um, to design the narratives of hope. Yeah, so um, uh, hope is a central uh, um, phenomenon in your project. Um, what does hope mean for you in the context of uh, well, climate change? What Do you have a definition for it? Yeah, hope is in essence a journey so hope is not a quick fix hope is about creating perspective in an in the present situation hope is not about the utopia in 2040 mm. or 2050 um, it's acknowledges that there is radical uncertainty mm. in our responses to climate change and because we don't know what tomorrow will bring let alone that we know what 2030 will bring or 2040 and all those plans are uh, all those um, plans about climate change are about 2030 or 40 or 50 or the year 2000 and yeah it's a long way in the future long way um and hope is not about that utopia hope is about the journey towards the the future Mm -hmm. and it starts now and it's the future tense so to speak between the present and the future and it is about creating perspectives and why is that so important why is this third way of hope so important so hope is about creating new perspectives and we Mm. can do that in several ways but for the moment hope is not about looking back that there's a time in history which was better it's also not about a time in the future which will be better it's about the present situation and how we can create new perspectives in the present so that we deal with the questions that we are facing right now so how would this actually look like how do you manage to make this narrative uh, maybe dominant yes well we are working on it for example i just come back from a meeting with amsterdam Mm. Um, Amsterdam has a huge challenge to make the whole infrastructure of the city climate ad- ad- adaptive. Mm. So the streets and the bridges and the cables. K- k- and half a year ago, Amsterdam called me and said, well, we have this infrastructural challenge. And we do know that it's not just a t- technical question. Um, 
and we heard the podcast with you. Mm. Um, <laughs> and are you able to help us to build a narrative of hope in that project? Yeah. And a narrative of hope is an alternative for also the present economic system in which self-interest is a dominant uh, driving force. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the... Hope is a cluster of, of, of concepts. So uh, it's also about building trust. Uh, it's about building trust with, between parties who have even conflicting interest in the present situation. So at the moment in the society, you see a polarization on shared questions, climate change, corona, you name it. So people are uh, deepening the positions they are in, um, but we are not able to build together a way forward. Hope is about creating spaces in which people with the, the, the different perspectives come together, mm. uh, learn how to listen to one another, learning how to create trust between one another, and learning how to do a next step. And you repeat those workplaces of hope again and again, uh, and by doing so, you're opening up your own position. Mm. And by opening up, you're able to include the interests of the others as well. Mm. And by doing so, you create a new perspective. Mm. Um, so it's also an alternative to the present situation we are in now. And Amsterdam dealing with the infrastructure is working on creating, creating such a narrative so we have a proposal with 66 parties. Oh, wow. That many. <laughs> that many. <coughs> from the province, from the city, from the builders, from the architects, from the academia. Um, and we are creating with one another a narrative, a journey of hope, in which we make space for one another, in which we try to understand one another, even if we disagree. But the idea is that we need one another if we want to take responsibility for a shared future. Actually, there is no alternative. Um, you're a theologian. Uh, where do you find hope in wisdom traditions? Well, thank you for that question. Um, I think that wisdom traditions provide alternative narratives. Yeah. And hope, according to Rabbi John Dutton Sachs, that his memory may be a but the dashing to us all indicates that the narrative of the Exodus is a narrative of hope. Actually, he talks about the great narrative of hope in Western civilization, because again and again, elements of this narrative are used throughout the history to create a narrative of hope. And the Exodus narrative is, of course, part of Judaism, of Islam, of Christianity. And the Exodus, as we all know, it's a journey. So it's not a quick fix, mm -hmm. because it takes some time before slavery gets out of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we have also to change the images we live by. It's not only about action, but more fundamental, it's about 
the images we live by mm. and what we do have to learn is to change the images for example not water as an enemy but water as a partner mm. so we have to learn to change images we live by and from there to develop concrete and fruitful actions and the exodus is a narrative of transition so in essence it's not about then and there long time ago the essence of these kind of narratives is to be reinvented in every time and context again so that they are useful and liberating for that particular context so you're saying like Moses did, right? He didn't see the water as an enemy, but as a, uh, uh, what, what, what word did you use? As an opportunity, maybe? Now we have to do that as well. <laughs> well, maybe Moses did, but <laughs> at least we have to do it. The famous Delta works are built mm. on the idea yeah. that water is our enemy. Uh, in 1953, that worked. Mm. With the present questions, we have to rethink the images we live by and it's more useful to consider nature as partner mm. most of the time than consider nature as an enemy mm -hmm. and from there we have to develop our technology our economy and so on mm. but that takes time and therefore we need in transition and in order not to lose our way during that transition we have to create workplaces of hope. So can you tell me a little bit more about the project in Cape Town? Yes, Cape Town um, was one of the partners during the Water Symposium at the Vrije Universiteit Amsterdam in mm. 2019. So we had a huge water and climate symposium mm. with Amsterdam, Jakarta and Cape Town. Wow. Um, from there, uh, a project between Cape Town and Amsterdam was designed and in that project well let me first go back to Cape Town mm -hmm. Cape Town had severe droughts in 2018 so day zero the end of time mm. was the, the declared uh, within three months the taps should be closed ah. and uh, no drinking water should be available anymore from the, the taps so that would be day zero yeah and the citizens of Cape Town were able to reduce the water the demand and day zero was postponed and postponed and postponed mm. and postponed till the rain came back. Mm. Um, but that experience made the city realize that they are vulnerable when it comes yeah. to water and when <laughs> it comes to climate change. So they thought, well, it might happen again yeah. and it might happen even more extreme. Yeah. And more often, maybe. Maybe more often. So, what to do? Yeah. Um, and so they developed the water strategy mm -hmm. towards an inclusive and water-sensitive Cape Town by 2040. Mm. And as Vrije Universiteit and also WaterNet Amsterdam, we are helping the city at the moment to design the process towards 2040. And part of that is to create a platform, a safe space, so to speak, a workplace of hope, um, in which the parties involved come together, build trust, 
go design a way f- yeah. forward and go to concrete action. And for Cape Town, even more from uh, from Cape Town, even more important than maybe in the Netherlands, there's a huge distrust due to the mm. history of apartheid. Yeah. Uh, due to the deep inequality between people mm-hmm. with a house and a wall around it yeah. and people with that house with that wall. Yeah. Um, so how to create a place and a journey in which the, the different parties in Cape Town learn to cooperate mm. towards an inclusive and water sense of yeah. Cape Town? Well, that's why we contributed to design these platforms with say spaces in which people come together and learn how to cooperate and listen to one another did you uh, did you book any successes there uh, yet <laughs> sounds like a challenge well uh, yes we did so the, we are establishing the platform right now and yesterday evening I received an email that the new mayor of Cape Town is planning a city swim within five years time. Mm. At the moment it's still impossible because the rivers are dirty. Mm. Um, so in March we will have a pedal journey as an alternative. So we go together on a pedal journey with several parties involved. Yeah. Uh, this year it will be a pedal journey, next year probably a pedal journey again. But the vision of the mayor is to have a city swim yeah. in clean rivers yeah. with all parties involved in Cape Town in five years' time. So that's the imagination, that's a f- f- vision, and we are already working on that. So I think we are doing quite well in the yeah, project. Yeah, that sounds, it sounds really nice and very ambitious as well, but it would be really nice if... Uh, and joyful, actually, because yeah? <laughs> who doesn't want to join exactly. the city swim? Exactly, in clean water. <laughs> um, so, uh, finally, when are you satisfied regarding this project? When when can you go to sleep thinking, we've done it, I've did it? Yeah, so that's what we did in Cape Town or Repeddy. Uh, the city swim in five years time uh, is a nice dream so sweet dreams I would say <laughs> um, but we've also other projects with other uh, parties at secondary schools we give voice to the young people uh, here in the Netherlands or in Cape Town no, no here in the, the Netherlands mm. in the city of Almere, mm-hmm. we had a project between the lockdowns mm. um, where we put a cabin at a schoolyard and one by one through the whole day students came to the k- 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 cabin mm-hmm. and we had small conversations with them for 15 minutes about how they experience the future, how they experience climate change, what hope means for them and what they see as possibilities so one student who was doing installation technology he was saying that at the moment his education is contributing to bad hope Mm, in what way (laughs) Um, well because of the use of fossil fuels Ah. Bad hope. Um, <laughs> in their instant nations mm. and he was arguing for 
Good Hope. <laughs> uh, so installation technology built on renewables. So during the whole week, we had about 100 students who came and with whom we had conversations. And after that, we gave the content of the conversations back to the school. So that school was able to do something with the voice of the students. And that's one of the projects we are also doing. And this one was seed money of the Amsterdam Sustainability Institute. And we organized that together with Athena Institute here at the Vrije Universiteit, for example. Hmm. And what came out of that in particular? What, what, what advice did you give to the school? Or maybe not advice, but what, what was uh, the information you got from all those conversations with the students? Well, actually, we have a round table by the end of this month. Ah, okay. Um, which we, in which we will give, in which we will give the feedback hmm. back to the school. Hmm. Uh, so we are working on that ah, at okay. the moment. It's a work in progress. Work in progress. Well, to be continued. Yeah, a let's journey. Say, let's say, yeah. Thank you so much, Jan Jorrit Hasselaar. Uh, good luck with your project. And uh, let's hope for uh, clean water in Cape Town in, in uh, 2025, right? <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That was it for today. I hope you've enjoyed listening. A Better World at VU podcast is hosted by me, Marieke Teunissen. Editing was by Stefan Kollaert of the Podcastfabriek. And of course, a special thanks to our guests of today. Don't forget to check out the link in the show notes for more information about a better world at VU. Thank you for listening.